Remember, for it to be a forward pass, it's got to go forward. Kaepernick, end zone, Crabtree, broken up, picked off! This game is over! Well, I'm the best corner in the game! When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get! Don't you ever talk about me! L-O-B. He wants to get in a fight, you can't do that! Quarterback, you can't fight! You're very welcome along to uh, this week's NFL podcast here on Off the Ball. With us as ever, Sam Monson at PFF underscore Sam, uh, Kian Fahey at Kian AF and uh, Donnie Manny here with us as well. Uh, a big week in week four, lots to talk about, uh, some things that we knew to be true, Aaron Rodgers good at football, um, some things that we weren't sure about, uh, the potential end of the era of Tom Brady at uh, the uh, New England Patriots and Donnie, you were the the uh, the one. I mean, as the Patriots fan here, yes, uh, scoffing when I mentioned that Jimmy Garoppolo might get some game time. Garoppolo comes on, scores a touchdown, gets congratulated by everybody on the team for this big moment in his career. Apart from the guy sitting two seats to his left, who is uh, the incumbent quarterback, Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady was so distraught over his own performance, he didn't really have it in him to um, to give any praise to Jimmy. I'm sure after the game. They found a quiet moment in the locker room and said, Jimmy, well done. Yeah. You're the future here. Yeah. How soon is that future? Um, Suddenly I, it's a real question. You were laughing at me for asking this question three weeks ago, two weeks ago. I think it's probably a question for next year, Jer. Next year? <laughs> next uh, Sam, you, you've been on the, um, on. I don't want to call it the Tom Brady is finished bandwagon, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people clamoring aboard it right now. You've been uh, Parsing the stats over the last 18 months or so. How bad is the performance this weekend compared with the other performances that we've seen? Is it just part of a trend? I think it is just part of a trend, but this weekend was really bad. Um, like this was, if he's been trending downwards for a while now, this was, you know, way off that curve. It was a, a really ugly performance punctuated by a couple of absolutely disastrous interceptions that just, a quarterback of Tom Brady's stature just can't throw. You know, he he knows better than that. Rookies know better than that. And they were just horrible mistakes. Yeah, they they stunk the joint out, Keen, um, against the Kansas City Chiefs team who at the start of the season were uh, pretty much written off. Um, everybody said they were going to regress significantly. The one victory that the Patriots have had, uh, sorry, the, the victory that they had last against the Raiders was uh, against a team now, it appears, who are absolutely awful and may well go this season. Who knows how many wins, if they're going to get any wins. So this is a crisis or are we not quite a crisis point just yet? Yeah, I, I think the, the thing we saw with Brady last year was that he was playing poorly, but the team around him was still fairly good. So they were able to win in a poor division and a poor conference. And now I think the team around him is getting worse. So pe- more people are seeing how poor Brady is actually becoming. And um, the, the thing that has stood out to me more than anything is the defense. I expected the defense to be at least good. I didn't expect it to be great. I know some people thought it would be great, but I expected it to be a lot better than what it actually is. And it's not even that Revis has been bad. Revis has been fine. He just hasn't been dominant like he normally, like he would be expected to be. It's the front seven. The front seven is just, it looks all over the place. Like last night, Nell Davis had a huge run. I think it was after uh, when the Chiefs were up 14-0 and the Patriots punted in Chiefs in the Chiefs' territory. And Niall Davis immediately erased the punt with a huge run because 
the front seven saw a receiver running around the back of the quarterback and they just all followed him, which if if you know any anything about football, you know that you have to be more disciplined than that. You can't just chase the bit of motion that you see. And it's that kind of thing where it's not really about how good the Chiefs were. It's about how the Patriots' defense is beating itself, which it shouldn't really be doing. Yeah, um, Sam, the... So, Noel Davis ran, I think, he had uh, 107 yards. Um, Jamal Charles also tore them apart. Some of that was receiving. Um, this is not how Bill Belichick has built a dynasty. It's not how the the team has won games. It's just not the New England Patriots. No, it's not. And I, I think Belichick's always liked to change up the defense almost week to week. Um, he's always been a coach that relies on game plans rather than a system. You know, there's a lot of coaches out there who will play only a Tampa 2 kind of defense or only a 3-4 or, or whatever their particular system is. But Belichick has always liked to be able to change it week to week depending on what the opponent is and try, to try and exploit a, a weakness or at least put them against a defense that they don't like playing. But in order to do that, you have to have the players that are capable of moving between multiple different defenses. And at the moment... I don't think he has those. I mean, you know, Vince Wilfork is a guy who can play in a couple of different systems and at least be a player who who allows you to play multiple different defenses. But the rest of that defense, I don't think is particularly well suited to doing that. Um, Chandler Jones is another guy who, to some extent, has that ability, but I don't think the defense is as full of those guys as it has been in the past. How can you say it's a crisis, though? Why not? They were first place in the division. Yeah, but at the same time... They lost a bad game. This is, this is, this is the NFL. Yeah, but they, they fluked a win against the Raiders the previous week. Uh, no, they didn't. They grinded out a win at home. <laughs> Which, like, If you look at their early season results through the last five or six years, those kind of games are, are quite common. They're playing in one of the worst divisions in the NFL. They've got a solidity there. This Maybe this isn't a team that is going to be winning the Super Bowl or even losing the AFC Championship game anymore. But like... A crisis. A crisis is Denver, or is uh, is the Raiders firing their coach? It, crisis is throwing Blake Bortles in. There's that, a team. A went, there's a team who's won three Super Bowls with this quarterback. Who he he's on the record as saying he wants to play until he's forty, and if he plays the final game this season, they're committed to paying him twenty odd million dollars over the next three seasons. So there's there's probably a point where the ownership says. Do we want to commit Tom Brady this amount of money for the next three seasons? He probably deserves it. I mean, he absolutely does deserve the money, and they could probably eat that and and have Garoppolo be the quarterback and Brady be retired somehow. But at the same time, the expectation was that they'd invested in defense over the summer and that they were going to compete for you know all those injuries last year. That they, they like Aaron Dawson isn't even in the team. I, I mean, I think there is an, a level of hype and expectation that just comes from them due to their level of, of success. But like, if you, I, there's a stat going around that they're like that they have the, they're the seventh. They're, they have the seventh most cap space in the league. So clearly, for whatever reason, whatever Belichick is doing with his finances, they're not splurging. You know, they brought Browner in, they brought Revis in. People are thinking, well, this is you know they're actually you know they're they're trying to shore up and, and challenge Denver defensively, and they're going to make a claim. But like, may you know, I think I think even Pat's fans would say this that people are aware of of the team being on this sort of downward ebb. And that's begun, and I think you know expectations are just changing. Now that this game, I've never seen a game as bad as that. I've never seen a scoreline as bad as that. I've never seen Brady look as bad. But like the way, I still think that's a team that can win eight games, nine games, win the division, and see what happens. Like, I, I, oh. yeah, I think 
I think that's a pretty good kind of summation. I, I think they're in crisis relative to their own expectations or what they, you know, this is a team that wants to be challenging for the Super Bowl every year. But I still think, like Donnie said, they've got a pretty good chance of winning the division almost by default because nobody at the moment is looking like they're going to step up and take the mantle. Um, so they could end up going 9-7, and seven, winning the division, and then getting, you know, dumped out in the playoffs. But, you know, is that a... That's not a crisis relative to the rest of the league, but by their standards, it is. You mean you're not buying the reborn Ryan Tannehill, the trip to London, the uh, the trip to visit the Queen and, and see Buckingham Palace has turned into just, some, some I, new new I talent? Think the, yeah, I think the whole division is going to end up playing kind of this way the whole way through. Each team is, you know, there'll be a couple of weeks where one of these teams will win a couple of games, they'll look half decent doing it, and you know everybody will talk about them as the, the team that's trying to, to step up. And then it'll they'll come crashing down to earth again the, the week after that. And I think all all four teams in the division might end up doing that. Yeah, they, you could see eight and eight um, being the three, the three of them being in, on eight and eight, and then the the tie deciding who gets out. Yeah, I, I think I, I think eight and eight can can win the division. You know, um, yeah, mediocrity abounds, which isn't ex- well, the, the point about that is that like you, you can't. They want to win. They're built to win. They've got this, but mar- they they also know how to win and. Like, it maybe they maybe they're really bad, but maybe they you know may, maybe when they could, those big divisional games in November when they have to go to the Jets and and beat beat the Bills, beat the, the Dolphins. You think of those games when they when they really are going to count, and I just think they're going to have you know they're going to have some kind of edge on those teams. Now, does it profoundly depress me that you know this is what we're that like we're just basically selling out for anything and going to take any kind of playoff space and looking towards getting hammered against Cincinnati or something in the playoffs? Ooh. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not excited about that, but the, you know, the, we're we're recalibrating our expectations on the fly this season. If yeah, you're the it, Patriots fan, a difficult experience. All right, uh, so a crushing defeat at the hands of Alex Smith. We'll talk about Smith a little bit later on because he's uh, gone up against the 49ers, his old team um, next week. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the other big winners this weekend. Uh, are Dallas a real team, Kian? How did how did they suddenly become a three and one side where it looks like their quarterback is healthy and they've got the standout running back in the league at the moment? Uh, I think the schedule has helped a little bit, but the main difference for the, this Dallas team uh, compared to last year's Dallas team is the offensive line, where they've got uh, second year center Travis Frederick, who was a first round pick last year, and they've got Zach Martin, who was a first round pick this year on, at left guard, and Tyron Smith, who may be the best left tackle. Oh. Keane seems to have, uh, Yeah, you're back there now, Keane. Again, sorry, you were saying the best left tackle, best left tackle in football or in the division. I wasn't sure what the end of that was going to be. Uh, I think in football at this stage, Tyrone Smith might be. There's a left tackle is a very uh, competitive spot though, because there's just there's so many freak athletes at that at that spot. But the difference for this Cowboys team compared to last year and even the last couple of years is that they have a quality offensive line that's going to give Romo time. And Romo hasn't really been great. He's been good. He struggled a lot in Week One, obviously with the back. But they're able to, to carry him more now with the running game and with the offensive line. My concern is the defense is a lot better than what we expected it to be, but it's still not really good. It's still I still think it's probably a below average or average defense, and that might catch up to them over over the, the course of the season. I, I, I'd be fairly comfortable in saying they'll be competing for the division at the end of the year. But the problem again there is like with the Patriots, that division just doesn't look to be very good. Yeah, that's interesting because I was going to say I thought that the division maybe has uh, the perspective of the division at least has changed, Sam, because the the Giants played really well on Thursday night and seem to have sorted out some of the issues they've had. Dallas are in this run of form and 
I guess I'm wondering what the truth is, what you guys think the truth is about Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is a pretty good team, but they've been massively decimated by injuries on the offensive line. They've they've run through almost a complete starting unit and a couple of backups as well on the line, and it's just it's a mess at the moment. You know, it's it's a relatively sophisticated blocking scheme in terms of what Chip Kelly wants to do with with options and with with the runs that he he calls up. And at the moment, they're just not even close to executing it. So. I think if they can keep their head above water until they get some of these guys back, then they're a different team come come December. And and at that stage, I think they're probably still the best team in the division. But the question is, can they survive that long if if Dallas and the Giants, you know, keep playing well? Yeah, uh, the Giants. Eli Manning, are you buying any of this, Donny? I'm really confused. I don't. I don't know. Don't ask me about them. I have nothing. Like, I mean, I I was. The, the ship had sailed with them now suddenly they're this offensive juggernaut I have no idea it's one of these NFL things it's just like this doesn't make any sense that uh, game made no sense how do they score all those points it doesn't make any sense uh, it's thrown to um, uh, a, a guy who no one preseason had even heard of and who now is on pace for a record number of touchdowns Larry Donnell he's the uh, he's, he's, and what's wrong he's, what's wrong with Donald his name's Donald <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you America pronounce the name properly yeah, that's fair enough he's like Gronk 3.0 I don't, how does it like what Kirk Cousins Last week, ah, oh, I mean, tell me about it in my fantasy team. Well, uh, might, that might come up later. I don't. I just don't understand how, like, the Redskins, like this. You know, they seem competent. They're at home Thursday night. Road teams away on Thursday night. They don't often deliver, and they completely cave. They're hammered. I don't get it. Um, the offensive coordinator brought in over the summer to revitalize Eli. Is that the the thing that's happened here, Key? And it's just taken a couple of weeks. Eli's on form. He's uh, he's doing all the things that he can do when he's playing well, and he's doing none of the stupid things that he can do when he's playing badly. Um, I don't think it's as much as him revitalizing Eli as building an offense around him that can actually allow Eli to be what he has been. You know, like Eli is funny because Eli got uh, all the blame last year for the Giants' offense when the Giants' offense around him was falling apart, and it's kind of like the Tom Brady thing now, where people are blaming the offense around him for what what's happening with Brady, and it's kind of the opposite. Whereas Eli's getting the blame for being in an awful system with pieces that simply didn't fit that system, pieces that weren't really that good. And this year, now they've changed a lot of the pieces, they've changed the approach, and it's making Eli look better, a lot better than he was last year. And he's still he's playing very well, I think. But a large part of that was that the Washington defense isn't very good. And it, it's actually it's something you can look at from Washington's perspective as well, where they faced the Eagles the week before. The Eagles have a terrible secondary who couldn't keep up with their wide receivers. As soon as the Giants could keep up with the with the Washington wide receivers, Kirk Cousins didn't have the ability to find them, and that's where the difference kind of went between between or that's the simple difference that you need just to have two extreme performances a week after each other. Yeah. So that's kind of the way the NFL is. It's not really so black and white where you're good one week, you can be good the next week. It's kind of all about matchups. It's all about situations and and of course who's performing on each week. Sam, the one thing about the Giants is that uh, last season they started awfully, and then it looked like halfway through the season they got their defense organized, and the defense played really well over the second half of the season. That's why everybody was confused when they started the season so badly, but there was more signs, at least on Thursday night, that their defense is functioning at the relatively high level that had functioned over the last six games last season, and now suddenly they have an offense that's worthy. So they could actually go deep in trouble teams. Yeah, I think I don't think the Giants are a bad team, and it's a pretty good roster, kind of overall, top to bottom. I, the, the thing with Eli Manning is that he's always been a pretty inconsistent player. He's always been capable of stretches of really good play, and then stretches of pretty bad play. Um, and I think the system that he's been put in this year 
is going to help them because it eliminates a lot of the, the gray area and the, the miscommunication and that kind of thing that he's had with his receivers in the past. It puts everybody more on the same page and makes it a lot more black and white. And it allows him to, to kind of function in, with the passing game without having to think about things as much. And I think that's huge for him, allowing him to kind of simplify it a little bit and just, and just go out and play. All right, when I move on to uh, the San Francisco 49ers, we talked a bit about the, the Eagles, but um, this was a, a really weird game and uh, surrounded by continuing whispers about um, the future of Jim Harbaugh and his relationship with the uh, well, with the, the backroom team and then some members of the playing staff as well. Of course, legendary cornerback Dion Sanders, primetime, had some uh, scathing comments about the problems in the Niners dressing room this week on the NFL Network. Have a listen. I really want to know if they're really playing for the head coach. Really? Yeah, I got a question with that. Are you really playing? For, are you really down with your head coach, San Francisco 49 I'm not hard to find because the way it looks to me and what I'm hearing that you really ain't down for your head coach, and that's a problem. And, and, and offensively, they want it, him out. They, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, a few. Wait, they're not. Wait. They're not. They're not on the same page. They want him out. Uh, are there signs of that? Can you can you see this made manifest during the 60 minutes of game time? Um, I don't. If you watch the San Francisco defense playing, I would say no. If you watch Colin Kaepernick playing, uh, you would say I, like Colin Kaepernick just seems very confused a lot of the time when, uh, especially in the fourth quarter, calling timeouts. Is, like I mean, he can't count. The, 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 There's a big clock uh, which yeah, counts down, and yeah. that's called, yeah. it's, it seems to throw him off all the time, especially in the fourth quarter. I don't like I, those. Dion is apparently close with Crabtree. They've had to clar- He's had to clarify that, that those those it's whisperings that were not Crabtrees then come from his people. I don't know what that's about. I know the University of Michigan, uh, which Harbaugh has ties to, are in a bit of turmoil, and there's rumors that seem pretty strong that he might be interested in taking that job. I don't, I don't, I don't see what is anyone is gaining by creating this sort of um, like dissension. But the, this, the, the, um, you know, the, I thought the Niners were, were really strong and kind of answered a lot of um, doubters. You know, that might have come, that might have cropped up in the first couple of weeks by beating Philadelphia. And holding on to do that, um, so I mean, this seems this seems to throw everything kind of back up in the air and into chaos. Just to point out how ludicrous um, the margins are, there was a, a third down penalty, or is it a second? It was a third down penalty where Chip Kelly got the opportunity to um, push the Niners back and stay third down and go to fourth down, and he chose to give Kaepernick another chance with yeah. the ball, and they convert and get a first down and score. And they win twenty six twenty one. They score field goal, yeah. Um, and if he had forced them to maybe take the fourth down, that doesn't happen. They don't get the score. Everything changes, and I and Harbaugh's suddenly the the whispers become roars that this guy they won in three. Yeah, they haven't won at home in the new stadium. What the hell's wrong with them? I mean, if they've blown that game because I mean, uh, Foles the only good drive they have in that game happens right afterwards. Macklin makes that amazing catch, and you know if. If Foles can just execute one or two throws there, you know, in, fourth, in in the red zone, the Eagles very easily could have won that game. And Harbaugh is in all kinds of trouble. But you know, they win, and I think it seems like it's reset now for San Francisco. And like they, it's, I could see them marching on and and um, taking the season back. But yeah, Ken, there was some suggestion that uh, Harbaugh took over the play calling and decided. Frank Gore is pretty good at American football. I'm going to make him run with this ball. And Gore has a massive game. Um, there's one amazing play where Kaepernick throws the ball the, the width of the field to him and 
uh, he makes an incredible run. Is this the 49ers rebirth or is it just merely a stay of execution? Um, I don't know if it's a, it's a rebirth. It's definitely a sign that the defense is on the right track and the defense still doesn't have its best players back and it won't have its best players back for a while. So they need those players to play well and play as well as they did. The fascinating thing about that game for me was that the Eagles didn't score a point on offense. They had three non-offensive touchdowns and they still didn't win the game and that's only the second time that's ever happened. Um, so that kind of highlights that the 49ers a, had the right personnel and they had the right game plan. And I think the game plan is very crucial because teams appear to be this year focusing on the Eagles running game, just com- completely crowding LeSean McCoy out of the game, ke- keeping him, keeping his average low and asking Foles to beat them. And Foles hasn't proved capable of doing that yet. So I think this game says a lot more about the Eagles than it did about the 49ers. But the 49ers were obviously better than they have been in previous weeks too. Yeah. Sam, what did you make of this? I think the first thing is that that width of the, the, the field pass from Kaepernick was one of the most ridiculous throws I've ever seen in my life. He managed to fling the ball completely in the opposite direction that he was traveling in, in midair, um, and still get it in a, pretty close to the guy he was throwing it at. I think that's, that's just amazing. Um, it, it's weird. I'm not entirely sure where all this horrible kind of controversy originated or, or why it's it's swirling so much. I think he's clearly, you know, one of the better coaches in the NFL. He's done a fantastic job of of building what, what's in San Francisco. And I don't really see any reason why you would look to oust him or why you would look to go in a different direction. Yeah, I, I, who knows? It seems like there's a power struggle there with the front office. And- Some, yeah, somewhere in there. And he's, you know, Steon seems to say he was coming from upstairs too. So I don't know. It, it's weird. I mean, they've been so successful under him. Um, I, I I presume he runs a tight ship, but um, I, I don't know what, you know, is there someone who could do a better job there who completely turn that franchise around? I mean, they were a joke. They were a total joke. Yeah. All right. Want to talk uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Vikings beat the Falcons 41-28. Bridgewater, uh, 19 of 30 for 317 yards. Played really well. Injured his ankle, unfortunately, so we're not sure if he's going to make it this weekend. He brought the joy of football back to the people. It was such a fun, it was just fun on Sunday evening just to watch him just run, throw the ball. The Atlanta defense, maybe they're not that good, but I mean, Bridgewater was just brilliant. It was, it was, it was great. And like, I mean, maybe I did draft him sixth round in our <laughs> dynasty league, and maybe I have 10 years of this to look forward to. So um, I'm more, I'm more, maybe that's Slightly informing my happiness. Investors, yeah, yeah, possibly. Uh, real deal, or obviously it's way too early to say, but it, it was a proper, proper debut from somebody who looks like they were to the manner born, Keen. Yeah, the thing about Bridgewater is rookie debuts for quarterbacks are can be misleading. You look at a guy like Robert Griffin III had a great rookie debut in New Orleans. Thought he was going to be a star. Actually, had a great whole first season. But the thing about Bridgewater's debut is what he does is are things that the top quarterbacks do, and the top quarterbacks that have done it for ten years do where he can sit in the pocket, read the defense very quickly, get rid of the ball very quickly. He can react to pressure while reading the defense. And those are the kind of things he did in uh, in his first start. And he did it a little bit the week before when he came in for Castle. But it, it's just, it's kind of bizarre to see a quarterback who is that comfortable in that situation where they're not really hiding him. They're giving him every opportunity. The first big play he threw came because he audible the play. He saw what the defense was lining up as before the play began. Changed the play, went to a screen that perfectly countered what the defense was doing. And that's the kind of thing you see from Peyton Manning after six or seven years in the league, not from a rookie quarterback who was in his first start. Uh, in, in, I, they were at home, but it, it was, and against it wasn't a great defense, but it's still an NFL defense that you're never going to be used to. Yeah, no, so fair play to him. Uh, obviously, we got to see Bortles for a full game as well. We might talk a bit uh, more about Philip Rivers in a moment, but I want to talk about somebody else who 
Probably had the most fun all weekend. Steve Smith Sr. bossed his old team, the Panthers, on Sunday. Seven passes for 139 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty scathing of the uh, old administration immediately afterwards. That film was a coaching session. I'm 35 years old and I ran around on boys like they were schoolyard kids. Schoolyard kids. He was uh, taking them to school. Not bad for a 35-year-old. No, and he's been amazing so far. His dance moves in the end zone were, were great. Um, we were watching it with a flatmate of mine and his friend, and they were looking for touchdown dances. And, they, you know, there were, there's not a whole lot of that going around anymore. No. The league has kind of cut down on any sort of you personal expression. Yeah, but whatever Steve Smith was doing there with his hips, I think, I think fair play to him, you know. Uh, the Ravens are back. There was obviously a massive, awful off-season for them and a terrible start to the year. But this is a group of players, many of whom, and an administration, many of whom, know what it takes to win, know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. How impressed have you, have you been with the start of their season, Sam? I think the, the offensive line is completely transformed there. I think that that was their their real Achilles heel last year. Um, it just, they couldn't get anything going on offense. The the run game was dead on arrival. There was no blocking. The passing game struggled a bit because of that. But this year, it's been a completely different story. You know, in they've got two of the best guards in the league, possibly the best guard pairing in the league. Um, certainly with with Evan Mathis injured in Philadelphia, um, Ricky Wagner has been playing pretty well. The the entire line has just been transformed, and that means that the offense suddenly functions again. You know, it gives Flacco some time. It allows running backs to find some some yards. Um, and, and the defense is playing well, so it, it looks like a pretty complete team. Yeah, we uh, we haven't even talked about the madness of the Steelers uh, getting beaten at home by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who conceded fifty six points the previous week. Just a word on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are now like a division win against the lowly Saints from uh, and the loss for, uh, for Atlanta and New York to uh, be in first place in the division, which is kind of crazy. And that that took a couple of the Panthers lost, but I mean. Things have turned, and Mike Lennon is the tall uh, messiah for these guys. I'm delighted to see him doing well. Yeah, though it's worth pointing out that it took him two attempts to make the comeback. He, he failed, <laughs> you know, through four downs the first time, and then only because of a horrible the, the Steelers' inability to get a first down, and then a horrible shanked punt. He got a he got a second bite out. Is that the punt that only went 20 yards? Yeah, 19, I think, was oh. it. I can't believe it. I'm I'm definitely available for selection to uh, be the, the Steelers punter if they wanted. Also, the the Lions managed to win with Calvin Johnson getting I don't know 19 yards and two catches. Um, does this mean that we have to take the Lions seriously this season? Yeah, they managed to win against the Jets, so so it's probably a little too soon to take them that seriously. And one final point uh, before we look ahead to the weekend. Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, Keen. Uh, I know that there were some people concerned out there, or is it just that this Bears team? don't know how to defend against people who make perfect throws all the time. I think nobody's surprised that Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. We were kind of saying it last week where he hadn't played to his best, but the things he needed to fix were very fixable. I think he's back to who he, who he uh, regularly is and who you'd expect him to be. That said, the Bears still don't have a great defense, but I don't think their defense is horrible to the point that he can play poorly and put up as much points as he did. JJ Watt, obviously, uh, an offensive touchdown, a defensive touchdown, the winning of the game against uh, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah I think... There was a list of all of the uh, brilliant NFL players that he has more touchdowns than this year, and it was pretty impressive. He and that, yeah, he's like that. If could could you play him a quarterback instead of Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Would it be that big of a downgrade? <laughs> well, also there was a list of of entire NFL teams that have less 
uh, hits on the quarterback than JJ Watt has this year. The guy's just ridiculous. He's uh, he's pretty much killed EJ Manuel's career, right? That's that's the end of EJ Manuel. I mean, I watched the game before. I watched him kind of play by play and was sort of surprised how many plays he wasn't really making an impact on. But this this week, I did that game play by play. And it felt like he was destroying somebody on the offensive line every single play. It was just an absolute masterclass in dominating the guy in front of him. They get nine tackles, which is more than most teams get in one game generally. Yeah, he he's a beast. But now, and you wonder now, him against the, we've got the Texas Derby this weekend. How will this reborn uh, uh, Cowboys offensive line can, can they contain him? Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just nine times. Er, it was yeah nine. He took the quarterback down down nine times. Um, he didn't get a sack, but he took the quarterback down nine times, and uh, and had six more hurries in you know a game's worth of pass rushing. Yeah, it will be interesting to see if um, Manuel ever his career ever recovers from that. Well, just to interrupt. Kyle Orton is there to to tell the people of Buffalo maybe EJ Manuel isn't so bad. <laughs> that's the example that he's going to prove yeah. uh, ok let's look ahead to the weekend I did mention that um, the 49ers are going to be seeing Alex Smith again and you know the 49ers fans a couple of seasons ago wouldn't have been too worried about Alex Smith rolling back into town but coming off the annihilation of uh, Tom Brady's Patriots last weekend do they need to take um, Kansas City a bit more seriously Kean? I think they would have anyway I don't think that Kansas City were so bad that they that they were uh, going to be overlooked by the 49ers because the 49ers have so many problems of their own. I do think Kansas City are probably going to be uh, built up too much this week. I think a lot of the the beating of the Patriots was the Patriots were kind of felt beaten after the fast start. A bit like the Super Bowl last year where they just got behind early and they just never were never going to come back and they kind of knew that themselves. Um, I think this is the kind of game where, where, the, where the 49ers match up well to the Chiefs because I think you need to throw down the field a bit on the 49ers like Nick Foles tried to last week. I'm not sure Alex Smith is capable of doing that, and that's been the, the tag that he's had for his career, really. Well, the Chargers obviously have started brilliantly with um, one of the best quarterbacks in the league playing to the absolute peak of his powers. But they've got at the moment they've got no run game to speak of. This week they take on the Jets. The Jets secondary has been disastrous so far. Is this the perfect matchup for them, Sam? For the Chargers? Uh, it's an interesting matchup because I think they definitely have the advantage when it comes to the Jets' secondary, but the Jets have a, a really tough defensive line, um, and that Chargers' offensive line has been a real problem. In fact, what Philip Rivers has been able to do despite the protection in front of him has been really, really impressive and, and probably makes him, I think, the, the kind of early season front runner for MVP. Um, but if, you know, sooner or later, I think that's sooner or later, I think that always catches up with the quarterback if you just have no real protection in front of them. Um, and I think that the Jets' defensive line has the ability to, to kind of really mess with the Chargers' offense and maybe disrupt them on the front end rather than the back end. Why do some quarterbacks come into their own in situations like this? Why does it take this long sometimes for you to realise, or for the, the world to realise, rather, that Philip Rivers is awesome? I think he's playing far better than he has for a long time. I mean, him at his best, he's always been one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I don't think he's ever really gotten the the credit for it because they don't they hardly haven't won when it comes to the playoffs. But if you look at his regular season performances, kind of over his career, he's been really one of the better quarterbacks around. Um, but I think not winning in the playoffs is really just a it's a a real torpedo to your reputation when it comes to an awful lot of people. And then obviously there's the the old perceived West Coast bias, however much you the stock you put in that. He's also a bit 
he's a bit awkward too, isn't he? He doesn't really kind of fit the athletic mold or even just the straight pocket passer. Because oftentimes it looks like he's just flicking the ball out without yeah. without a speed set or stuff like that. And that kind of it's a little bit off putting, I imagine, to some people. The West Coast bias is in uh, people on the West Coast aren't taking it seriously because you know it's sunny out there. Is that what that? What's, what's I, I think it's because all the media is based, you know, on the East Coast. Right. So the West Coast people always complain that you know they're they're not given as much recognition that they get less press, they get less credit than than all the guys over in the East Coast. Yeah, it really hurt Jerry Rice and uh, John Montana, didn't it? Yeah, it hurt the Seahawks <laughs> last year too. Uh, the Bengals and Patriots is a pretty interesting game because um, the Bengals, uh, the team of September, obviously. Yeah, they're um, back now. It's October. Yeah, so this is where Tom Brady comes into his own and says, "Ah, screw you, Andy Dalton." Well, that was a narrative at the beginning, maybe before Monday, and now it's basically, you know, you, you could. I think the Bengals, in theory. Could put a the first nail in the Brady coffin. Like if if that was if last week was just some kind of was a warning call that embalming. Yeah, this yeah this maybe what is it what is that word when you take blood out of a body? It's an, it's an important word in the embalming in the Undertaker dictionary. And I think that you know that could happen. I you know the people in Boston will be telling you that Patriots will be fighting back and will have a spirited response. But I'm not totally sure. Hey, I had a look at the um, Patriots schedule and they've got a lot of home games coming up. Yeah. Um, they've won away game after this and then I think it's three or four at home. So there is an opportunity for them to get back to Foxborough and get things going. And Yeah, I want to see Andy Dalton deliver, okay? Before before we just say that the Patriots, before we just write this whole season off, I just want to see that Bengals team and their defense who everyone talks up. I want to see those, those guys. I want to see Marvin Lewis. I want to see them beat... Uh, You'll see them beat Belichick, and then I will give them. They can do it in, in the Patriots' back guard. Fine. Until then. 21-3, they're going to win. Uh, what's going to happen in that game, Keen? Well, that's the fascinating thing, really, isn't it? Because all the talk with the Patriots when they lose is that they don't lose two in a row. And that was even the talk after they lost to the Dolphins in Week 1. But fortunately for the Patriots in Week 2, they faced Matt Castle and in an offense that didn't have Adrian Peterson and Matt Castle was just atrocious and yeah. he was atrocious in that game. Imagine but if they had to face Teddy Bridgewater, it would have been great. Yeah, but now, now they're facing arguably the best team in the league just with a questionable quarterback. Uh, I, I can't really see any reason on paper to say that the Patriots are going to win outside of it's the Patriots and people generally don't want to bet against the Patriots twice in a row. So I, I, I think it could easily be another blowout, but it might... Dalton will probably be the biggest reason or the biggest hope that the Patriots fans can have. Um, the Cardinals and the Broncos are also playing and this is a Cardinals team who are 3-0. and This is It's a funny situation where they're both coming off the bye so there's no perceived advantage to either team. Uh, a chance for us really to assess exactly where the Cardinals are in their evolutionary process at the moment, Sam, because if they can put up a good performance against the Broncos and I'm not saying they have to win the game but if they put up a proper competitive performance against the Broncos then they're the real deal and they're going to be looking at a wild card spot in their division Yeah definitely I think the Cardinals have definitely shown that they're I think they're already for real and um, the question is how many wins can they get in the division and how close to challenging Seattle can they come because their problem is that they're in a division that's going to be extremely tough to get out of um, and make the playoffs because you've got to assume that the Seahawks are still going to win that division. Um, and then the Cardinals are battling with the 49ers for, for second place and for a wild card spot. And potentially those two teams are both battling for the two wild card spots in the NFC. So the Cardinals just need to keep winning if they have you know any hope of actually getting out of the division. And obviously 
Denver is about as good a barometer as you're going to get in terms of how good you are um, going up against top-quality opposition. Yeah, and this is top-quality opposition, so Super Bowl preview here. Yep. Oh, yeah? Why not? This stage of the season? Well, Arizona are good. Stanton. Yeah, well, I'll probably be back eventually, but I, 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 I don't know. I like, I like those white helmets. I like those white uniforms. I think they can do it. Uh, the the Bucks and Saints are both one and three. Um, uh, there was a lot of hype preseason about the Bucks maybe being good, but there was a lot of hype about the Saints being a potential Super Bowl team. What's gone wrong with the Saints? I think uh, the, the defense is a mess. Is that, is that fixable? Uh, I think it's got to be fixable to some degree. Um, I've always had a kind of a problem with Rob Ryan defenses. They've never quite looked like they function as they should. Um, it's a bit like, you know, the the Ryan family have this sacred playbook, Buddy Ryan and Rex Ryan, and they, they've been able to run it and have some excellent defenses. But it's almost like they don't give Rob Ryan the full copy. You know, it's it's an outdated one or a, <laughs> one with some pages missing or something like that, and he, he just has to kind of try and cobble it together as best he does, and there's always there's always a big hole somewhere in the defense. Um, and it's just, it's it's a mess up front there. They're not stopping the run well. Yet the linebackers are constantly out of position in coverage. The safeties, for some reason, are playing miles off the ball or just missing tackles when they come up and try to make plays. But there's definitely talent on in on the defense. So it's a question of whether they can work out the schematic problems and try and play to their strengths a bit more. Uh, maybe he hasn't paid a subscription for the insider stuff. <laughs> Anything else you guys are looking forward to, particularly this weekend? Uh, the Rams' defensive line against the Eagles is going to be fascinating because I don't think they are. I think they're if uh, one of the fewest amount of sacks this year, which is fascinating because Robert Quinn and Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers are all there, and it, it, it's against that Eagles' uh, offensive line that is getting better, but it's still a little bit decimated on the inside. We are missing the centre and the left guard, and I think that might be one of those upset watch type of games. Sam, what about you? Yeah, if there's another kind of upset watch kind of game, I think uh, I think Jacksonville could potentially knock over the Steelers um, at home. Um, but the other thing I'm really fascinated to watch is that New England-Cincinnati uh, game. I think if there's one kind of thing, a sliver of hope to cling, for, cling to for the, the Patriots, it's that the Bengals haven't been able to get a huge amount of pressure from their defensive line this year. Um, and obviously the the New England offensive line has been probably the biggest problem there. So if they get a bit of a break in terms of the pressure that's coming at them, maybe Brady can, can put something together. Lads, great stuff. Sam Monson, Kian Fahey, thanks a million, folks. Thanks, guys. That was uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Look to me. I'll be the leader. I'll, I'm going to lead you to the win. That's what he was saying. Yeah, he's a, he's a lunatic. And he did lead them to a win, in fairness to him. Just about that. that was two Unconnected teams. to him. Well, J.J. Watt maybe did the hard work. All of the work? Most of the work. Yeah. Sometimes audio needs visual. When you see this lunatic with this crazy beard 
um, shouting at all these, you know, all his team are surrounding him. And he's just shouting like a madman. Like he, he says what he needs to say. He's a man of few words, but he's a man of many different screams. And he goes, wow, um, Was he convincing when you're watching it? Or do you think, no. Uh, no, he's terrible. I will lead you to a win, but you're, I'm your leader. You have to say it, but not actually, maybe show, don't tell. My, uh, my flatmate had a fantasy conundrum this weekend because he, he had um, Russell Wilson and, um, and Andy Dalton on by, right? So with my advice, he had gone through all he'd run the gamut he had Blake Bortles he had uh, Bridgewater and he had Fitzpatrick to choose from oh Bridgewater 100% so he with a little bit of advice from me I I was kind of confused with this one you know you're the black death you are the plague when it comes to advice on the way out the door so I said to him look I was with Bortles and I just thought no Fitzpatrick is a safe option here play it safe take your 16 points put him in the put him in your back pocket move on now, I also had the same conundrum because I had Peyton Manning on by. What did I do? You picked Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> I played Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater because it was myself because I could only – because I was comfortable with doing that for myself. Uh. I, could, I, did, I just didn't feel safe giving bad advice. It, you know, I wanted to, to do the right thing. You got shit advice instead of giving cool, risky advice, which would have made him go, oh, look at this guy. I'm going to watch him and be interested as opposed to this lunatic who's like has to tell everybody I'm a leader and then – Shits his way to win accidentally. I think the the game kind of lose. He kind of it kind of crushes. How many fancy points did Fitzpatrick get? Um, he was around fifteen, I think, and he just That's barely he barely got the fifteen. Yeah, but yeah. Fitzpatrick, but um, Teddy B was on twenty eight or something. So yeah, Teddy B had that amazing uh, that amazing thing. Mick is here as well, by the way. That's him asking questions in the background. Hello, Mick. How you doing? Just, just wanted people to know who I was. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, okay. not just some guy going. What? A- How many fancy points that guy get? APM, angry producer Mick. <laughs> Somebody, there was a text in call last night. APM, hey APM. Um, and I wasn't there. A woman named Trish. And I was off. You were off. I couldn't even put it through. God. On the way out the door <laughs> on uh, last Friday night, I had my team Thursday all night. set. Last Thursday, Thursday night. night, I had my team all set, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna. I think the Giants are actually quite good. I drafted the Giants as the, their D. At the start of the season, on the back of the tail end of last season, then being really good, and then I dropped them. But I picked them up again this week, and I was pissed off that I had uh, Roethlisberger in in my team, in one of my teams, and I was like, "No, screw this! I've had enough. I don't want it anymore." So I stuck Eli in, and I was all ready to go. And I was, and then Donny, I tell Donny, he goes, "What are you doing? This stupid Road teams oh, on no. Thursday night. <laughs> you, you also said Tom Brady on on last week's podcast. I think the exact quote was, "Tom Brady at night time, it's over." But like to to which Sam replied, "It's over in what way?" Yeah, but yeah, I think he was right. Uh, in fairness, <laughs> Big Ben got within ten points of, but uh, I lost by ten points in that league. So, so yeah. we talked last week about me losing to Donny by two points because of a Levy and Bell blunder. Yeah, we played in another league this week. Not Levy and Bell's blunder. You no, a Levy and Bell blunder. Yeah, by me. Yeah, Levy and Bell related blunder. And so this week we played again in a different league, and once again I was beaten by less than two points. Rob Gronkowski, if he had one more catch on Monday night, one more catch, I would have beat him. He finished with like nine points. He, yeah, I was I was eleven points behind going into Monday night. Now touchdown. a lot of it had to do with the fact that I had three running backs that got a combined combined four points. I think you might have started MJD. 
I did start MJD. I had a lot of players on buy. MJD, the the never trust them. I don't care what Matthew Berry tells me to Donald Bloody Brown. Mm, don't like him either. And uh, Pierre Thomas, who uh, when Mark Ingram got injured, they decided, here, let's just bring in some other guy that nobody's ever heard of and throw the ball to him for the absolutely useless New Orleans Saints. I don't know about how you guys are on, uh, say, Tuesday mornings when you're, you've got, you're waiting on a result. Personally, now, we depends all, on the game. Depends on the game. Personally, we, we, and we all have different body clocks. I know, Jerry, you're probably an early riser yeah, well, with your family commitments. Yeah. But um, personally, I find myself now, just with the, with the weather almost, waking up at half six every morning. Waiting, <laughs> checking the score. Like just waking up and just being, well, I'm awake. There must be a reason for this. And then I'll go, I'll, I'll check my phone. That my this, oh go on sorry. So my order for doing this is I go I check the box score first. I knew Gronk was I wanted to see the score of the game, see the leaders, see the stats, and I say oh Gronk has caught a touchdown. Uh oh. And I say ah fair play to Mick. It's all it's all <laughs> it's all balanced out here. But he, then I go to the Fleet Flicker site, and then I go oh me a hundred points, you ninety eight point six. Oh that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas what I did was I tried to watch, I tried not to check anything, and especially when it's the Patriots, and I watched the game. Now, I gave up after a quarter because, because it was a bit obvious what was going to happen. And then and then I checked. So the first thing I did was check the our head-to-head score. So I'd, wow. won, the, I'd won in my other two leagues already, so I didn't need to worry about them. And uh, had to check, just checked our score, realized I lost by a point, looked down to see what Gronk had done. Mm-hmm. Realised he was maybe a cat short of winning me the game. It's a pity because what? Not only am I watching the absolute end of the New England Patriots, who've been relevant and good, and you know Super Bowl contenders ever since I've been watching American football, which isn't like a year or two. It's like you know since two thousand three, and you know it was bound to happen eventually. But you just don't want it to happen while Brady and Belichick are still there. Yeah. And so that was tough enough to watch. That that was the that was the most dismantled I've seen them, except for maybe that time against the Jets. But and then not only that, but I lose a fancy game because of one of them as well. Mm. Did oh, you two play? Did, so you two played each other in the league that we talk about on this podcast? Yeah. two weeks ago. Yeah, yes. You're you're both tied three and one and zero. Oh. Uh, we're in the East Division of the League of Lycra, Lycra, mm-hmm. Lycra. You're uh, yeah, so yeah. we're all three and one, and for some reason I beat you. You're number. One. Oh, that's the I beat you. Donny beat me, and you beat Donny. Yeah, that's it. Wow. So that's why you're on top. Believe. I'd say it's points scored. Or yeah, three hundred seventy nine points scored. Mm-hmm. Three hundred seventy nine points scored. I've scored. Oh wow! Well. Yeah, I've actually got a better points against. Our head to head should have you. Uh, so I had that in that league. I had Calvin Johnson. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins in my team this week, and you still managed to beat somebody. You did, yeah. Um, Young Tom Flynn. Poor Tom Flynn. He was burdened with Adrian Peterson. Suffering. I picked up Adrian Peterson today in the league, and we mentioned it last week that he was about to become available. Yeah. Um, I got a little bit of abuse for it. Yeah, People yeah, said totally. it was bad yeah, karma. It's very bad karma. You know, I think that Jer might have been behind me on the waiver wire. I, I was one behind <laughs> him. I think it's a disgusting decision by you. Um, so there was the other very important uh fantasy incident which has happened over the last week is that um, Jackie Terrell won his seventh All-Ireland hurling mm-hmm. medal his seventh All-Ireland title 
and uh, in his immediate post-match interview comes off and goes I'm only worried about Jamal Charles who delivered for him this week Yeah. I wonder if maybe I might just be able to grab a quick word with Jackie Terrell how are you doing Jackie congratulations of all of them should you not be a home uh, studying uh, NFL at this stage no. I should be I'm just worried that Jamal Charles is going to start this week that's my big concern but uh, you actually ended up beating him you ruined his weekend well it might be an unruinable weekend in fairness but you did your best well, I, I mean, I only put 80 points up on him. I mean, I think Tom Brady might have ruined his weekend. Like, he was, we, it was sort of, Jamal had a massive game, and he just, he needed just anything from Tom, and and uh, he got, got four, four points. points. So, four points. If he'd got 16, he would have beaten you. Yeah, well, he had, whatever. You know. He had Delaney Walker on his bench. He scored 14 points, and uh, Antonio Gates, he only managed three in his team. He's sort and of, Owen Daniels, he only managed four. He's often jinxed by tight ends. I think I, remember, I believe he had um, what's it, he had Gates on his bench the, the week, the one week that Gates blew up. Yeah, so um, I had Matt Asiata on my team, which is the reason why that I still managed to beat Tom. Okay, week. that was a twenty-seven points. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Just sorry, one thing to say in this uh, fantasy before we move on to mixed picks, belatedly. I won this week in my matchup despite terrible performances all over the field because of one reason. I had the Miami Dolphins defense, which you laughed me out of the room for last 17 week. 17 points. Yeah, right. Versus the Atlanta Falcons defense. <laughs> oh, who had minus 10. <laughs> minus 10. What? It's yeah. pathetic. There's no way they should be allowed to get minus, minus 10. Because they Minnesota. got no sacks, no forced fumbles, no interceptions, no anything. But they uh, conceded 500 yards and, oh, you know, however many That's uh, touchdowns. That's harsh. However many points. And as a result... Uh, as a result, I won by, like, four points. And as a result, your opponent is now 0-4. He Which should have easily beat me. He had... He Steve had, Smith uh, on the bench. He had Steve Smith on the bench. Points. He had a touchdown from nearly every active player on his bench, uh, including uh, Andre Williams and a few others. He also had... Chris Johnson on his bench. Yeah, yeah, Chris Johnson. He also oh, had... Jordy Nelson. Yeah. He had... Go through his team there, Jerry. He's he had his good performers. Drew Brees, 19. Doug Martin, which was a brave call. Ballsy call, got 11. Mm. Uh, Frank Gore, 22 points. Victor Cruz, 10 points. Frank Jordy Gore. Nelson, 22. And then it gets... Oh, it's God, I'm watching that whole it's, Eagles game going, I'm against Frank Gore, believe it or not, in three leagues. Ooh. This week, and I'm like, come on, you have done nothing all year. This is the only time I'm going to be playing you for at least until like, you know, Deshaun week 11 Jackson. or something. Deshaun yeah, Jackson, zero. zero. Is he yeah. the guy who owns Jared McKinnon? Is this the right guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 14 uh, points. We can't say names, though. Well, well we, we, we just haven't added everybody else. We're, everybody else outs themselves. In, so, in their own way. Yeah. So, um, I don't think Fraggy would. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I would say is that. Um, you, you just the, the Deshaun Jackson was in the flex spot. Mm. You got to leave the flex spot free, don't you? Until the, you got yeah, I think so. You don't want to that's you don't want to lock that in the first night on the Thursday night. Yeah, um, I'm playing amazing bench. I'm that's something I had never thought of. I'm I'll I'll live by that till I die now, Jer. It works. It's of course the, it does. It actually makes perfect sense. I've just never heard of it before. Yeah. It's, I play this. I play this. this not person. quite as addicted as uh, as we are then. No, well, maybe I am, but you know, you t- you just miss things, you know. That'll be a creed I live by from now on. So, I'm 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 playing him this week. That's a very scary team. Yeah, but um, I don't, you know, we'll see how it goes. McKinnon, that guy is a revelation, and to see him, you know, matter matter. I have gotta... to say though, like he actually looked good at football as well. Yeah. Like he didn't just seem to have a 
Bridgewater looks great. Yeah. I hope his ankle isn't too bad. But it seems like that a that thing. game. I I loved Minnesota in that They're game. They're brilliant. Asiata is a bit of a donkey, though. I think he made oh, three touchdowns. He's terrible. Like, he's... He always runs for three touchdowns. But uh, you missed it earlier on, which I didn't realize. Donny confessed that he picked Teddy Bridgewater in the sixth round of our uh, our draft. Yeah. We we me and Donny we've mentioned this before when we were doing our live draft straight after work, sitting right across from each other. And Donny goes, things are about to get controversial. <laughs> Next thing I just see, Teddy Bridgewater is selected by whatever your team name is. Yeah, that was a big move. Yeah. But it was a dynasty league, you know. That's like, you know. Yeah. Um, will we go to mixed picks? We, we might talk about mixed picks. Last week, we all went one, one, and one. That's a good sign. Our Philadelphia, we're getting better. Our Philadelphia Eagles plus five ended up being a push. Jer's leading three, five, and one. We uh, all picked the Eagles last week. Me yep. and Daddy two, six, we, we all picked the Eagles. I picked the Vikings, and Donny picked Atlanta. You might remember. That's right. I won that one. Mm-hmm. And good Jer, point. you did very well to pick Dallas. No, sorry, Donny picked Dallas That's over right. New Orleans, and Jer, you did very well to pick Kansas City that against New England, but you didn't do very well to pick Pittsburgh minus seven and a half against Tampa Bay, the who beat them. Yeah, thanks uh, to our boy. Antonio Brown missed a sitter. It would have been his third um, TD. Mm. Uh, it would have guaranteed me romping yeah, home. Yeah, it fell right out of his hands. Yeah, and that would have completely killed the game. But um, didn't happen that way. That game was weird because I actually I was watching a bit of it. I had Mike Evans on one of my leagues, and he caught a touchdown first thing. It was like seven nothing. They went up ten nothing. I think through a turnover. Yeah, and then Pittsburgh just owned the rest of the game till like halfway through the fourth quarter. Couldn't really score that much, and then Tampa just started suddenly had an offence and beat them it was very strange Blunt and Bell obviously had been celebrating as is their wont mm. and uh, they looked a bit slow and leaden footed a bit mellowed out yeah yeah um, so anyway that's where we are I, my, the one I got wrong was Buffalo plus 3.5 losing by 6 to Houston they were ahead for a lot of that game it wasn't for JJ Watt's first ever interception yeah. another touchdown for him I probably would have it was definitely my best week of picks but that's all going to go horribly wrong this week lads don't worry my big problem with with these picks is so we've got four games that's our sample size so far really right three for six teams mm-hmm. so you're making decisions are you basing it on you know a combined group of results or are you kind of saying well last week this team did really well so nobody cares about your problems <laughs> go on keep going Tampa Bay at New Orleans two teams you know same record the spread in this game is ten points of the home team so the Saints good. Seems like a lot of points for the Saints to be putting over anybody. The Saints, I think, the, you know, could legitimately be viewed as a terrible team. Now, on the other side, we have two Buccaneers games to choose from. One when they were they were killed fifty six nil, or in a dome in a division game against yeah. Atlanta, yeah. or when they did a spirited comeback against you know an a, an AFC team who's not in their division, who people you know thought might be good, but we don't really know if they're good. I think, stupidly, Tampa Bay, 10 points is way too much. 10 to is a lot of points. I pointed that to you two minutes ago. Yeah, I had to circle I, it, it just, that time. It just, I didn't circle it, but it just like jumped out of me. See, here's the thing about New Orleans. We've been waiting for them to get revenge on the next team they play for three weeks now. And they just they don't seem to have it in them. No. I don't think they have a hammering in them. I'm, I'm not going for them, but as usual... I'm kind of agreeing with your choice. Yeah, I'm happy to regret. I think that, that, that one seems like it's going to blow up my face. Cleveland. It, it is funny going for Tampa on the road, though. Yeah, well, they were on the road last week. Yeah. Cleveland are going to Tennessee. Tennessee, I think, are legitimately bad. I don't think. I don't know. Jake Locker. 
Char- an injured Charlie Jake. Charlie Whitehurst is and, pretty funny. Yeah, neither of those two guys are good at this stage. Cleveland coming off the bye. I think they're a sneakily decent Cleveland, and I like them to overturn that one-point uh, handicap there and do it in uh, Nashville. And then Chargers, I think, are one of the top five teams in the league. The Jets are one of the t- ten worst. Six and a half, I think, is very generous to the Jets, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna think Phil Rivers is gonna just tear that secondary apart. And I think that's three wins for me. I have a, a tick beside the minus six and a half, but the San Diego Chargers, I think that's definitely something of uh, of note there. Mick, do you want to tell us? Yeah, I'm. Well, I'm. I'm like you. I'm kind of circling these as we talk. Mixed picks, as, yeah, as yeah. the slot is called. And I will say that the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, what are they? Are a team that. Ooh, that's keep game. winning. Uh, interesting which way, though. Andrew Luck is the, the, actually was the greatest quarterback performance in a single game. Mm. The Ravens keep... Back-to-back, something-something? Yeah, but... I don't know. The Ravens keep on winning, but we don't seem to be putting them together. And I'm starting to think they might have a sneaky good team. Uh, Ravens are good. They're legit. Yeah, and they're going to yeah. they're going to Indianapolis, who took their Colts away from them. Yep, that's definitely it's a factor always here. that's a factor here. It's always a big game, probably. I'm not sure, and I don't know. I just I kind of like the Ravens this year, and as someone that's never liked the Ravens in the Steve history Smith, of watching them, I love and Steve Smith. I've had him. I put him on my team, and he paid me back last week. And they're liberated from Ray Rice, and they're just delighted. Yeah. yeah, and like they've that, three like, good running back. Pierce I think they've got. I think they've got good. one and a half good running backs, but they they seem to be running well anyway. One and a half is more than they had last year. Okay, so Baltimore plus three point five. Yeah, I've also, I, I've gone Arizona to cover seven point five um, yeah, at Denver. I just I, I think Denver will win that game, um, and Arizona like aren't go, aren't the real three and O team, but I also can't see them really getting blown out, and I think that could be a close game. Obviously, both teams are coming off by as well. Yeah, I I just like Arizona to get within within seven. And now I have two games circled. Which one am I going to go for? I'm going to go for Philadelphia to cover seven points at home to the Rams. So Philadelphia minus seven. Their offense was terrible against San Francisco until the last drive. Yeah, Yeah. but it hasn't really been all season. So I'm going to take that as a one off. And I'm going to put uh, Philadelphia minus seven at home to the Rams. That's a very tricky game, I think. Um, these lines are perfect. Uh, the Giants minus four and a half. I'm going for that one. Well, okay. So you take Atlanta Falcons at the Giants. You don't like the Falcons, D. Well, the Falcons away from home, awful. Falcons at home, amazing. I did yeah. call that last week. Yeah. Matt Ryan, outdoors. Even in, even, even in autumnal weather, it is a thing. Minus four and a half. I, it's... Ugh. I don't know. The Giants are scary. I yeah, know. I can't. I actually, if you'd said to me two weeks ago that the Giants would be minus four and a half point favorites, it's crazy. They were in they any were, game. They were zero and two, and they were so they were that team. There was never a team that was more done. You were to, talking about Sacco to Arizona, Stanton on at home. You know, like that guy's first game in five years or something. Yeah. Now they're like they're weapons all over the place. Is um speaking of my Arizona pick after I've made it is no uh, he's Cost not back. Is unlikely to be back. Nerve damage, not responding. Game two. Um, I think Odell Beckham might get uh, his, his on my fantasy bench. I've seen his name. Come on! Oh, I want to see what you like before when? I cut you. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at Jacksonville Jaguars. Right? Okay. You're going back on the Pittsburgh horse? I'm not. What? Jacksonville plus six. Oh my. I'm blaming Sam for this because he said, oh, I think Jacksonville might overturn. Um, like, 
Uh, sorry, lads. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but the Jags are shit. They are pretty bad, aren't they? They're due a win, though. See, it's, uh, it's around week five when they get their first win yeah. of the season. Last week I said that I thought Oakland were going to possibly beat Miami just because teams always win a game here yeah. and there and it makes sense, right? I was, they were, they're the worst team that I, I've ever seen. And oh. it just shows you how bad the Patriots are. They couldn't have it. And here's another thing. I've been watching American football since I agree. 2003, I think. Well, okay, I can't remember. 2000, 2003. And ever since then, I think Oakland had just been in a Super Bowl. And ever since then, they've been terrible. They've been one of, if not the worst team in the league every year. Eventually, the NFL should do something about that. What? No relegation's a disaster for no, them. No, it's not. It's amazing. It's for, Oakland the shouldn't be allowed to be there anymore. They keep screwing up the draft. They have no well, people that are worthy running of a team. trying to turn the team crap so that they can be the most likely franchise to get to go back to LA. That's oh, well, that's okay then. Well, that makes perfect sense. That's a great argument for having no relegation. Well, that's We're no. deliberately trying to be crap yeah. for as long as possible so that we, we can, can go somewhere down. else. Yeah, much, somewhere much better. Come on, this is bullshit. Get I've rid of Oakland. Oakland. They're the worst franchise in the league, except for the Jaguars, and get rid of them too. They were bad when they were the LA Raiders. They, they, they had that bad. period of time where life was pretty interesting. Well, they had Bo that, Jackson in the 90s, but th- that team has been bad for a while. Um, yeah. So, the Jags plus six anyway after that rant. I think so, yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. At the scratch. New England Patriots. Pick them. I think that's the safest and cleverest bet of the week, except for we just can't because we're too emotionally invested. We have pride in our team. Don't know why. Then again, Brady, they're, they're Brady, doesn't, Brady doesn't lose at home. Back Brady doesn't games. lose back-to-back games. Yeah. Almost beautiful things must come to an end. They must. Uh, However, they must start Aaron Dobson. They must. Mm-hmm. They Is he fit though? He's always he's totally fit. He's totally fine. Um, Brandon O'Fell's not bad, or is he? I, didn't see I don't him think it's a wide receiver no, 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 issue. No. It's just an old line. He's issue. not good. He's not good. He did. He had good fantasy figures. He did. He's not good. Yeah, he caught a lot of passes because he was the only one that they had no. They didn't have enough time or imagination to get their proper receivers open. So they could only get the non-covered guy open. The whole 9.25 kickoff is a pain in the hole. It's just that final half hour that you're like uh, head lolling. It is. This is an hour. Wait, that's an, you're up an hour okay. later. You're watching it football an hour later than you really need to. Why don't they just start it at five past nine? Um, because they don't care about the UK audience. But, but, the, but just yeah, put the weird. good game on at five Because there's nine. a lot of overlap. There's all, see, if you're doing the proper nationally televised games, there's overlap. You always miss most of the first quarter of the nine five games. What the NFL is trying to do, all right? Yeah, but yeah, but CBS care about things like I that. You I just don't. don't. The NFL wants an experience where you turn on your TV either at six o'clock at night or one o'clock in the afternoon in America in the East Coast, and you can, in theory, watch football uninterrupted until whatever four yeah, in the you have here. you have an hour break don't you well, you you it's if say like that Eagles and Niners game was going really long on Sunday so like there was only there was only like a half an hour between before kickoff of the I spent about 45 minutes trying to remove a virus from my PC as well like flicking between waiting until the commentator would go ah and I flick back and I was like all right you need to get a adblock pro uh I'm a Vera works by game pasture I should just play Game Pass. It's kind of, it's kind of. You'd get to appreciate the point. it. Like it'll be week week eleven when I finally succumb, pay the full price, and go. Mm. Why didn't I do this in the first place? Seriously, like watching a Monday night, Monday, not having to stay up for games that you want to watch during the week, is the best advertisement for Game Pass in the world. You can't watch an illegal stream after the event. Make works for Roger Goodell. <laughs> Sixty-four million, eighty-four million, 
42 million dollars this year I'm only getting a fraction of that off him so uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can tweet us out off the ball at McCarthy make APM and uh, <laughs> the at, APM isn't part of the Twitter handle at Donnie Mahoney I'm at Jerry Gilroy uh, you've been a lovely audience thanks very much see you next week bye, bye.